Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. The best thing I ever done was put an A-class on this roof. What, they sacked you? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> build insanely powerful and unique cars pushing engines into areas they shouldn't go into so what did life look like growing up we'll gloss over the childhood bit because it's not very nice all i had was what i saw in a mirror okay she that girl dug me out of sewers every kingdom needs a queen and she runs everything how we got through that if you had said at the start of that what companies are going down I sat there on a chair and Jordan was looking at me going, what's the matter with you? And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. Really? Yep. Me smashing that A-class up. Still now, best thing I ever did. Ricky, we've got you on the podcast finally Hello. today. I'm really excited to talk to you. For anyone that doesn't know who Ricky is... Nobody knows who I am, Ben. Oh, come on. You've grown over 20,000 subscribers on YouTube now. <laughs> and I've known you over we're seven just working years. It out, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Probably seven years where you had a, a small unit where you first started really out in tuning cars and modifying cars and servicing and all sorts of performance-based craziness that I don't really understand any of. You do I. But it was over in the centre of Swindon and we're now sat in the van outside the door of your dyno, which is actually just behind us, yeah. which is amazing to think. And it's I can't believe it's actually been that long already, but I know that your journey didn't start in this world necessarily in that little unit. It started well, way before yeah. that and love a car. So what did life look like growing up? Mate, I hate cars. <laughs> I hate cars. It's a it's it's always it's always a way. It's it's your your bad days and your good days. But it started, oh mate, if we go down this barrel, this this rabbit hole, it'll be a mess. So we'll gloss over the childhood bit because it's not very nice. Um let's start when kind of got through school, didn't really enjoy it, but I was good at science and math. So like math GCSE by like year nine, um, stuff like that. So bowled out of school, that was done. Cars started when I actually worked at a chip shop. Um, 
so like year 10, year 11, I worked at a chip shop. And every Friday, a lad from Porsche would come in with his Porsche, Dick Levitt Porsche, with his top on. And um, we got like, he'd, I'd always end up serving him. We got chatting and he'd bring me in brochures of like the new, back then it would have been like, what, 996? No, no, God, earlier than that, 98, 99? Would it have even been 996? Would it have been before? mate, early Porsches would bring me in brochures of them because I was kind of like into cars. And I said, oh, can you get me a, do you think I can get a job? Thinking someone to wash cars on weekends, like go in and instead of going home stinking of chips, I could go home stinking of soap suds. Okay. Uh, you thought, well, that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Because I, I, I would never say I loved cars. I wouldn't have said at that age I was obsessed by them. It was motorbikes. It was bikes. I knew bikes. And that's still Inside your main out. passion oh, yeah, now, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, If I could make money on bikes, mate, I'd be gone. Yeah, yeah. But there's not really money in bikes. Not like, I'd have to go and run a franchise dealership. And I'd break too many rules for that. So that didn't work. Uh, but bikes came from my stepdad because he always had bikes. So that's where that came from. Uh, and he handed me this application form one day for Love It. And I applied. And they offered me apprenticeship. So they offered me um, BMW or Mercedes. And I don't know why I ended up Mercedes. So I'd done two years at Merck's. Um, and it was all right. The best thing I ever done was put an A-class on this roof. <laughs> I was I was just out of college. I just kind of, I hadn't, I just qualified really. I just qualified. But we were going back and forth, Loughborough for college. Uh, and I got a motocross bike and I was racing home to ride my motocross bike. And I put an A-class on this roof at Greenbridge Roundabout. I come down the inside thinking I was, you know, Michael Schumacher, Danny Inside Lane, I've wanted to go left and I've turned across the front of this Mini and she's just hooked, I've hooked it across the front of her, flipped it on its side and up its roof. Next day, I have to trundle my toolbox out of the workshop. Well, that's it, I'm gone. Uh, and I broke my arm. Like I was like, oh my God, my life is over, right? Um, so they what, they sacked you? Yeah, 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 out the door, mate, gone. And I was like, right, okay. And I went to work for Swindon Automobiles on Sayat. And that was not my first, I wouldn't say I was a Billy Bull, huh? but being qualified doesn't mean you can do it. Does that make sense? So like I'd gone through college. Yeah, no, I'd it's, learned- it's like that with stuff, with stuff I do, to be fair. It's until you've actually done it, you don't learn it. Yeah. So I knew how to do it. I just, didn't know how to do it. So I got a job at Sayat, um, and it was Sayat and Saab. And he was like, yeah, no worries. Come along. It was all right money. I was went in as a qualified, and he's like, take that engine out of that Saab. I remember stood there going, what do I do now? <laughs> like, proper, what do I do now? Bearing in mind, I was maybe just 18. Okay. All right, so I was a pup. I was a pup. And you just suck it up and get on with it. So did a couple of years there. I was the youngest master tech in the country. Like I wasn't even 21. I was master tech. Um, so I ended up, I ended up jumping from Sayat to Volkswagen to headquarters. So I went to Milton Keynes. I went for headquarters for 10, 10 years. Uh, but yeah, I was the youngest master tech in the country. But for 10 years. So like 10 years gone like that, doing all those. Oh mate. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you go, cause like working in dealers is rubbish, but I'd done a couple of years at Swindon. I'd done a couple of years at, um, Manigan. So that was a cross when me and Kate got married. So I left just after we got married. So I think I'd done four, five and six. And I left in like October, 2006. We got married in the August. And then I went to headquarters in 06. 
And then I went up there as a say technical specialist because like I just. Do you know what? If I'd have had to guess, I'd have said Audi was where yeah, your thing no, started. No, it wasn't. No, not no, at all. no, it wasn't. But what they figured out, because by then I was racing as well. So I'd started a race and engines. On bikes. What, yeah, on bikes. So engines was what I knew. And I got, they kind of took all the technical specialists together, put them all in a big pool and then give you specialties. So I wasn't branded anymore, say at Skoda, Volkswagen, Audi. They give you specialists. So I became powertrain, which was engines. So I ended up going on engines. And then it was things like, I was young and they're like, oh, we need someone to go on a course in Germany. And all the other lads would be like, we're not doing that. So I'd go, turns out V10 course. So I ended up in Germany going around a factory, learning about next asylum, learning about V10s. And then I come back and I'm, so what would that have been? 2008 maybe. So I'm like 24, 25 now. And I've got factory guys emailing me at headquarters about V10 engines. And like it put a load of noise, noses out of joints of guys I work for okay, because they're, they're like 10, 15 years older than me. And now all of a sudden I'm like the guy everyone's talking to. And I didn't aim for this. I'm just literally crashing my way, literally crashing my way through it. So it was engines. Um, and then I got involved with things like built a Bonneville car. So my motorsport background kind of led me into that a little bit. So I built a two litre car that Richard Meadham rode for um evo magazine and we okay. went to bonneville took a land speed record so we've done 230 mile an hour in a skoda and was um, that a v10 no no, no two, liter, two, liter. two liter yeah 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 so we took a two liter vrs 2010 yeah yeah all on youtube mate all like eight episodes yeah built the car in the uk over in over in headquarters yeah two liter turbo took it to bonneville raced it at bonneville richard mead and drove it yeah yeah we've done 230 mile an hour so that would have been that's fun that was 2011 um, been in LMP paddock, been in GC3 paddock, um, just done everything. So how old are you now? 39. Blimmin', I had, I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. I had no baby idea. Baby face, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea, mate. That's... Yeah, yeah, I'm older than people think, because people look at me and think, oh, bloody hell. Because yes, when you said, yeah. like, oh, ten, that was 10 yeah, years. Yeah, well. yeah, 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 quick, man. Yeah, yeah, quick. So, um... Uh, the guy who was building my race engines for my bikes, um, Tim at Race Developments in Gloucester, I left headquarters to go and work for him. Um, and I took a massive, massive pay cut to go and do it. But engines, I would have said then it wasn't cars, it was engines. Engines, like I loved engines. And I went and worked there and I think I did two, maybe two years here or so, something like that. Um, so yeah, I just built engines. That was it. And we built everything from... Is that performance engines, making stuff? Race engines, up. race yeah. engines. Yeah, yeah. So we built everything from... We built engines for Jake Dixon, Carl Ride in British Supersport. We were building engines for Tommy Bridewell and Michael Rutter in Superbikes. We were building engines for British Time Attack. We were building engines for drag racing. All sorts, just proper engines. So you learned the way to... You learned how to get the maximum out of an engine. Yeah, I learned the tuning way of doing it not the factory way of doing it. So there's, oh. like, there's different ways. Wait, you when you went on that course, you had the factory way. The factory way. It. We do it like this. We do it like that. We do it like this. And then you kind of learn how you can, you know, make so a 10 mil peg level. fit in a nine mil hole. Yeah. Yeah. Little, you know, little things like that. How you sort of then start twisting things, bending the rules, you know, pushing engines into great areas they shouldn't go into. So at that point, did the R8 even come out? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'd done, 
Oh yeah, you said seven years in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so 2007. So like 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done a long time in R8. So I've been working on R8 now, like 16, 16 years. Yeah. So there's over two. We've looked after over two thousand R8s just since I've started R8 performance. And how long have you now been doing RE performance? January 1st, 2016. So when did you make the decision to do that and why? Uh, I left Tim Race Developments and I went back to Volkswagen to work because to work as a business development manager because we, we were broke. What I thought was broke, we had we didn't have any disposable income. Bills were paid, didn't have a disposable income. And I went back to be a business development manager for SEAT because I still had guys in the group who okay. knew me, knew what I could do. And I hated it, top to bottom, hated it. Like when people say they hate their job, I know what they mean. It was horrible. It's a good job. And if you were that way inclined, it was... You just wanted to be hands Oh, mate, it was boring. Boring. Because the, the idea of the job is you'd go in and help a dealer who weren't making money make more money. But when no one's listening, you, I bang my head against brick wall, driving yeah. up and down the country. And I, I said to Kate, well, I had, I think at one point we had like four R8s on a drive. So we're really close to our next door neighbours. And they, when they bought their house, so Nat and Andy, when they bought their house, it was R8 on a drive. So they turned up to buy the house. One of ours, mate, I had like four or five R8s outside the house at any one time. I had engines in my garage. So is that just working for private clients? Yeah, just so off doing, your drive? Yeah, yeah, so I was doing PJs by then. Yeah, but you say you were pretty broke, and you'd taken on this other job to try, and then yeah. So I'd gone back corporate, and I literally like oh, hated it. So the pit, the private work had kind of never really gone away because as a mechanic, it never really. And is that does. just through meeting people <laughs> yeah, during that process? Yeah, yeah, word of mouth. Yeah, oh, Ricky will do well, that. Obviously, you know we've we've kind of scanned a fifteen year career pretty quick, but you go on events, you meet people. You go and support. So a big part of my job was going out to clients to help them with problems and being that intermediary between the factory and them. So if you hadn't have had that 15 years... I wouldn't be where I am you, now. You wouldn't have the client oh, no, base. Got, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's almost part yeah. of opening yeah. your business was the bit where you just had to go and suck up 15 years of meeting people. The road, right? That's the road part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What people, you, you know, people don't... We'll go into the failures of it all. But yeah, that's it. Me smashing that A-class up. Still now, best thing I ever did. Best thing it yeah. ever did because friends of mine, 20 years later, are still working in that same garage that I, when I was there, I looked up to, they were, they were gods. They were lads I worked with five, six years older than me, drove nice cars, you know, had wives, girlfriends, whatever. They were out. They just had that life where you're like, oh, I want that life. And now I look and they're still there doing the same jobs and no one's moved on. So like, yeah, me flipping out A-class, mate. Whoosh. But where did the, right. I can do being an entrepreneur. I can start my own business. See, Where the heck oh, did that come from? Now, was it not about that no, in a way? Was it? No. Well, I w I'm doing things for people anyway. I've just yeah. got to do it on a slightly bigger scale now. I hate the word entrepreneur. Okay. I hate, I hate it. So for me, like, do you watch, um, oh, what's that, Alan? Like Alan Sugar, uh, The Apprentice. Yeah. Load of everyone on there is a knob. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I do agree with right? that. Yeah. Being a salesman, being a good salesman does not make you a businessman. If you, do you know what I mean? They're the ones that would drive around their finance supercars with a watch on and take a photo and put it on Instagram. I hate those people because that is not what, like, you've got a nice car. I've just sold my car. What's the first thing that goes when you hit trouble? The nice stuff, right? Yeah. When I, when I was going through the, 
Mate, you had business nothing. sale and needed some cash. They were like, they're, they're gone. gone. They're gone straight away. They're yeah. gone. And that's what people don't get. People would judge you on your shiny days and no one, well, no one ever sees the work you, no one ever sees the work you do. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I know do, what you mean. Do, do you know what I mean? When, when you're quiet, when you've got your head yeah, down yeah, and yeah. you're grafting. Success comes from the work no one sees you do. Yeah. Yeah. So like last night, here till midnight, mate. Kate's texting me at 10 o'clock. You're coming home. She's falling asleep. I'm like, babe, go to sleep. I'll go home when I go home. It's one of them nights. And I was here till midnight. And it's fine. It's fine. Earphones in, mate. Lock the door. Smash on. And that's it. But that came from a much smaller workshop. Oh, tiny. Do you remember? In, it was. Mate, I remember How you many were cars a- could get in there? Two cars and there was a little me- half mezzanine above. Yeah, so a mez was full of bits. And then I could get a car in behind, which ended up being like where I built the engines. And then like, like my first memory of you is doing your A45. And you turned up in that stinking fishing caddy. <laughs> Mate. Do you know what? I you must say, because you're in. That, that, I. <laughs> do you know what? I've never had so much problems with a vehicle before than that caddy. It went wrong so oh, much. Mate. Like, it, it just. I think. I'm not surprised it's I think the caddy cost seven grand second hand and it had 12 spent on it yeah, yeah. over the course of its life. Yeah. And then I got fed up in the end and it's, I sold yeah. it and it currently lives on RAF Bryce Norton and someone's sleeping in the back of it really? using it as a bedroom. Oh, mate. Oh. But I wouldn't want to Stunk sleep in that. fishing gear, honestly. Yeah, so it was... Oh, my phone's going mad. Now, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's... It was it was small. I went in, I went in there and give you an idea, that was £750 a month plus that for rent. Yeah. Uh, rates what, what 2016. So, so now so that'd bit, be 1200 quid yeah, a month. The equivalent, but bearing yeah. in mind back then I didn't, I had no overheads. So I was going from no overheads on my driveway to this is <laughs> the part of running a business. Yeah, I know. I this is to, part of running let, a let business. Me get this a sec, <laughs> Hello. We're back. We just Accurate. had to shoot off because a customer needed to move his R8. Yeah, you brought me in. I can't believe you brought <laughs> So, Out of the 30 R8s yeah, that are yeah, here, it was that it's one. the world's longest van. <laughs> it but, was that one R8 that yeah, needed me. Yeah. Always away, mate. But I just, I just said, okay, there was so, when I was reversing this out, just then for you to get that R8 out, do you remember when I, oh, I don't know, three years ago, maybe, it could have been longer than that, maybe four years, when you were working on one of my cars, maybe the C63? And Dom, your guy Dom from Paisley, oh, who I know listens mate. to this and watches this podcast because he messaged me the other day. Bless him. He reversed uh, one of the lads that worked for our previous business, Paisley. He dropped me off here. It was absolute diamond as well last time. And it was one of them days. It could have been a Friday afternoon or whatever. Do you know what? It, it was one of them and days he anyway. Rever- he reversed into a customer's into R8. A twin turbo V8 in midnight purple, wrapped in midnight purple, right? <laughs> so it, it was fine. It didn't didn't dent the panel, but it peeled it peeled the wrap off the back quarter. And 3M no longer made that shade, right? And then when it so it then they were like, right, okay, well we need to wrap the whole car. And then when they took the wrap off, it peeled the lacquer. So it ended up being, I'm sure it ended up being paint and a wrap. For a, honest to God, it was a scuff, wasn't it? Like, it, I mean, he, he hit it, but. Oh, it was barely it, touched. It was, yeah. it was, it just. Because it was, we couldn't, you couldn't replace that panel, if I'm right in saying, because it would have just looked wrong against the rest yeah, of the car. It was just so, so where it was, bit, well, 
they didn't do this midnight purple anymore. And yet, obviously, UV affects wraps. So obviously, it bleaches it out. So even if we could get that shade, it probably wouldn't have looked right. Yeah. So to go, it, but it was one of them cars. It looked like my four five eight after oh, I had it, dear. Just like I just understood that. I, <laughs> I just, just thought of it because it's quite car. tight. That I was just reversing. I this. think he was going to cry, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I started yeah, thinking cry. about it, and like, I think he did bless him. If I'm honest, but, um, but that's it. That's it. Like, that's what no one sees. That's what no one sees. And, and that was a headache. Stuff, but stuff like that. So if I could describe it to anyone, it's 10 plates spinning all the time. And you cannot let one drop. So now I've got, I'm not even a big company, but I've got my own family to look after. I've got two guys at work with me. I'm trying to take on a third. Got to do 20 a month profit to keep the doors open. So like that's a lot of pressure and that's a lot of plate spinning. And things like that happen every day. One one thing, part doesn't arrive, car's dead on a ramp. This doesn't arrive, dead on a ramp. You know, this is wrong, that's wrong. We find a problem. Just been through COVID. Uh, how we got through that, if you had said at the start of that, what companies are going down? Well, Supercar Tuning Centre is number one, must be number one. How we got through that, I'll have no idea. We were rammed, mate. We were ramped. I was busier then than I am now. Yeah, that's what happened to our paving slabs. We thought it was all going to go yep. to pot. And then everybody, I don't know how we didn't see it, but then everybody wanted to do their gardens. Yeah, yeah. So it was the busiest it was yeah. it ever was in paving rep. But I suppose everybody just thought, well, I can't go out and use my I cars. I can't buy my car. I can't buy a new car. So or I, just, I can't really use it at yeah. the minute. I'll send it to go yeah, and get yeah. something done. Yeah. We see, we see finance go up. So obviously finance, finance rates have gone through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. People spend more money on their cars. Because they go, oh, I'll keep my car, I'll do two years, and I'll change it. Whereas actually what happens is you they either are desperate to get out, so they sell, and they yeah. sell cheap. I, I was looking at, a, before I bought my R8, 600 LT at 125 grand, including VAT. That was a VAT car. So it was like £106,000 plus VAT for 600 LT. It's mental. So people literally, when the bad things happen, they either... Fire sale their cars. So you always figure out who's on finance. Mine was on finance. It's not, do you know what I mean? Fire sale their cars. They're like, I don't need that overhead in uncertain times. Or those who own their cars go, well, I'm not changing. So I'll spend a load of money on my car. And it it was like that. It'd be in COVID and someone ring me up. Hey mate, can I order a twin turbo kit for my R8? Because they've been sat watching YouTube videos. Um, Yeah. And this is the crazy part. Yeah. No worries. It's an X, you know, 60, 70,000 pound bill. Uh, right. When was the last time you were in your car and you coughed in it? Because when it turns up here, we've got disinfectant. It was that crazy. It was that? And I know everybody had a hard time with it, but that was surreal. And it feels like ten years ago. It was like what two two years ago? But like the boys were off for six months, furloughed. So it was me on my own, and like not even breaking the rules. But Jordan, we got we got to keep working. Yeah, no, we had to. We had guys in the yard, but yeah. we're. we're um, well, you do, you couldn't not survive as a business. A business has got to do oh, what it's got to yeah, do yeah. to survive. But yeah. I just can't believe now with with that whole situation. I'm sure many of you. It's like it's like it's just gone. Yeah, disappeared. Where's it gone? Like, and it's 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 crazy how from where it was to what we are now. But as we said before, your stinky caddy. A forty five was the yeah, first yeah. time we met, which I genuinely can't believe was around about. Seven you must years have just ago. passed your test. You must have just passed your test. Um, no, I'd been driving a year. I passed when I was seventeen. Right. Okay. So I think it was about eighteen. I was fortunate enough to have an A forty 
five, yes. But my first vehicle was that stinking fishing yeah, caddy, yeah. which was the longest vehicle I've ever owned up yeah. until literally last year. Um, I don't think that would have made a very good podcast fan, if I'm honest. No, what did you, what did you have after that? Because we've done quite, we've done quite a few cars for you now, haven't we? Um, C63. Yeah. Uh, uh, done your perf. Wow. Well, we looked after your perf. The, the, your the, first one. The, well, yeah, you had to because I didn't. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't. I uh, um, four five eight when yeah, I hit, when I hit the deer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, quite and between you and between you and like... Jordan, when when I said, "Oh, Jordan, I've I've smacked a, a deer in the four five eight. and and sadly, I I can't move. I'll, I don't really care that I'm saying this. I'm probably gonna keep the car for a while, but I did it. I don't know if you know, I did it again. Right in in the hurricane. Right, what, I've another deer. Uh, yeah, big it, a, a, a big it, a big it, like. Big hit, <laughs> but it it done the front left bumper and well yeah, it done the front um, bumper so that's the second hurricane yeah, front yeah. bumper second, second performante front bumper you've done um and it done the coolant tank yeah. behind it it smashed it but it's it's just deer around by where I live and that yeah. that was broad daylight nothing to do with the fact you were probably thinking you know your Carlos science at the time. Ike's was accelerating I was doing, I was hard. Doing Thirty mile an hour. No, I was there. accelerating hard on a straight. And it, it, we've, my mates actually got it on camera because it was on Snapchat at the time. And this thing just appeared and just clipped the left hand side of the car. And to be fair, you know, you, you know, you know what goes on, how these cars run better than me. But how that car kept in a straight line because it wiggled yeah. with the track. I'm, it was impressive. Ele- electronics, Ele- electronics. Because I've seen there's a video on YouTube from years ago. Um, and it's a Gallardo ESC test on Bruntingthorpe, yeah. and it shows it on and off. And that's what that was almost yeah. like in that moment—a proper we, test. Of we the were car. running with, uh, we were running ADE cars, so Audi driving experience. Oh, just before the Plus came out, because that was in the last project I worked on was a Plus. So that had been 2011, 2012, 2013. Uh, so we had a fleet of ten R8. So I've done so many laps around Silverstone, like in R8s, like mental. Um, but we would get like. Alan McNish turn up and drive in our ADE cars. And not even he would switch electronics all the way off. So like as a factory LMP driver for Audi, and he's like, no, I'll just, I'll just turn it one stage off. I'll just go to sport and I'll just lean on it a little bit. But th- this is the big problem. Like, do you remember when we did, was it Performance German Day? And we went out and did laps in your Oh Perth? yeah, and my dad, bless him, was still around at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And he was leaning over the... Barrier. Shitting himself. He was absolutely breaking. <laughs> like, I am about to watch my lad. I'll put, put a, a clip perf- over the top yeah, of this yeah. on the YouTube. But, I mean, you did, you, you, you're not a, dr- you're not a racing driver, are you? So, oh, God, no. Do you know what I mean? You did, you did well. I didn't help encouraging you, but this is the problem. You go on so many track days and then I've raced bikes as well for a long time. You see so many people lean on electronics that when it starts to go wrong and the electronics go, well, I'm out, mate. This me done. They're so far beyond their capabilities, it's a big crash. It's a big crash. You lose track of distance on tracks, though, don't you? I, f- I find oh, that's the bit I struggle with as a rookie. It's it's not um, where to apex or, or angles necessarily, but for me, it's your brain. It's you, com- I, get to, I arrive at a corner, and even when I'm thinking about it, I'm still going quicker than what I thought the, I was yeah, getting yeah, yeah. at that and corner. And then you do something silly, like transition into the corner and downshift. And then that completely because you, you crack yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just so like to do. I raced all last weekend at Brands, and I drove home in a van, and I was driving home. I'm like, oh, this feels so slow. And I looked down, and I'm doing like 95. <laughs> but because I've been doing 170 all weekend, your brain's like in that. You know, I just finished a race. That's what people are like when they're wondering why I'm in the fast lane in a craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like that. Getting up to Sheffield to interview Nigel. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a perf. 
So yeah, it's it's. But getting back on the business track, <laughs> we were we were at the point where you had your first unit and yeah. it was just you. Yeah. And you had that client base from building up fifteen years worth of people. Knowledge, yeah, lots, lots, lots of forums. Yeah, they were big lots back of, then. Yeah, the RA lots of networking. Rooms. Just try to go to every event. And so, how did that business go? Did you cover the overheads? Was it good? Uh, was there any rocky times? I had more. I was richer. Is the wrong word. I had more cash. I had more money back then because my overheads were fixed. My overheads were low. So I still did the same amount of work I did. Na- I do now, but my overheads were fixed. Were fixed. Yeah. But the business wasn't big. Do you, does it? Does that make? Yeah, do you but know what I mean? turnover vanity profit sanity. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it got to a point where it was like I couldn't. It got. I was tripping over cars. I'd have you know, like you've seen the time attack cars. We've done the GT and stuff like that. The guys for podium. You know, I was looking after John's stuff, and I'd have an engine out of one, and, and I'd be pushing cars in and out, and it was like, oh, I, I need to move. So I was looking. I was looking around. Um, and anyone and then, that's looked for units will know that it's the most, especially in like this area of the country. Yeah, yeah. they're like the rocking yeah. horse, isn't they? And yeah. in, in the right sizes, because yeah. everybody wants a four or five thousand square foot unit so, to operate from. I haven't got if it, if anybody's been to my side, I don't have the entire side of my unit, so it's a massive building, and then I've got two thirds of yeah. that warehouse, and then the top third is the body shops, um, or their storage bit. And I moved in first of January, twenty eighteen. And I had all my stuff in a space two times the size of this floor space in this van. And I sat there, bearing in mind, it's 5,000 square feet. And I sat there on a chair and Jordan, come pro detail, was looking at me going, what's the matter with you? And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. It was you just me had a, Did you just have own. a freak out moment? Yeah, almost like, oh, we're deep now. This is in it or bin it. Yeah, I, I felt that before with certain things. I felt that with a, even like a little flat build, you sometimes just become a bit overwhelmed by it, don't you? And you think, oh, for God's sake. Every, no. every step is out of your comfort zone. Ever. And if it's not out of your comfort zone, you're coasting. Do you know what I mean? You need, a, you need a pressure. You need something to excel. Human beings are no good at coasting. Human beings, we need something so like... I don't know. I've seen some pretty good coasters. <sighs> but So like I, I have to have something... Not crushing down on me, but I need a pressure. Whether it's a deadline on a car or something I'm working towards. Like when the dyno, I remember being on holiday 2019 and I know the guy, so I've got a Maha four-wheel drive dyno and I messaged the guy because I saw him, it is used, it's Litchfield's old dyno and I know Ian, I knew Ian quite well uh, and I knew it was coming out, he's putting a new one in and I messaged Louis and I said, mate, out of interest, how much is that dyno going to be? And he's like, oh, 90 plus fat, 90 grand. And I'm like, I need that. And we were on holiday with Kate, uh, so that's my wife, and her cousins. And I'm like, should we buy a dino? And Kate's like, Kate, she, that girl dug me out of the sewers. Like when we met, I was living on my own. I was, what, just 16. And I'm a kite in a hurricane. And that girl's a peg in the ground. So if she ever leaves me for, there isn't anyone harder than me, but if she ever leaves it, like, uh, it's going to go off, mate. You okay, know what I mean? yeah. She's always been there. Every kingdom needs a queen and she runs everything. So I might look like the face of it, yeah, but you can't put the Eiffel Tower up unless there's a solid ground underneath and that's how it is. And I said to her, I was like, should we buy a dino? And she's like, well, if you think, you know, does it work? Is it this? Is it that? Mate, I come back off all day and I'd agreed to buy a 90 grand plus VAT and I had to pay the VAT money up front 
plus the deposit because you can't you can't finance VAT. So it's 90 plus VAT. And then I'm like, great, I've got a dyno coming. Where am I going to put it? I know. Like, <laughs> you hadn't thought about that. Then. No thought sketches, that, mate. No. So you've seen was, my dyno cell. So like, there's probably another 50 bag in that cell. So was Jordan at this yeah. point? Because you've known, we spoke about Jordan is, um, he runs Pro Detail UK yeah. and he operates inside part of your unit and he's got his own yeah, detailing so, studio yeah. and bay. And it's really nice. You've both known each other for ages, but you run your own separate things, but you're always around each other. You basically get to work with one of your best mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of us is tying the rope around the rafters for the other one normally. Okay. Like on the bad days, we're like that. Well, I'll help you up. You can hang yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how it has to be. Like Kate knows everything. They both know a lot. Kate knows everything. Jordan knows just as much. And he goes through the same thing. So between the three of us, because Kate's 50-50, she's, so between the three of us, like I don't know anyone that knows, that goes through what we go through. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Like... Because there's some day, oh, mate, I could sit here and do episode after episode of the balmy, nutty crap we have to go through. <laughs> like, on it, honest to God, mate, it's, it's crazy. Because cars make people crazy. Cars make people crazy. Like, own, car owners, mate. You've met car owners, mate, who are batshit crazy. And sometimes we have to deal with that. We have got 95% of our clients are amazing. And some of them are really good friends. I've got one at the minute who's like just, he's a massive business manager. He works for an extremely wealthy guy. And he's just, he's like a mentor to me at the minute. So one of the things he keeps saying is, you're you're running your business based off your bank account. And he goes, you can't do that. You can't run a business based off what the bank says because you make decisions off what the bank says. So I don't know, I don't know whether your business is saying, my bank account does that. Yeah. The books don't do that. When you look at the books, they're like, you know, steadily yeah, okay. grow it, you, you, you know? It's cash flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash is king. Yeah. Right? So you sat there and you're like, you're making decisions. You make a decision on a Monday after a weekend when all the money's coming through a week because you've invoiced and you haven't bought anything yet. And you're like, oh, going to have a good week here, boys. And you get to Tuesday where you've paid all your bills, ordered all your parts of the week. And then you're like, oh, I'm broke. You know? So it's like, you can't run your business off your bank account. You have to run your business off your books. You have to look at the strategy and make decisions based off that. So if I, like, we're trying to take someone on now, if I looked at the bank account at the minute, I'd be like, oh, I can't really afford to do that for whatever reason. But that's not, the, do you know what I mean? You have to have so a brief, way to do it, How yeah. will that person have an effect on what that would look exactly. like with them on? Yeah. So yeah, no, I understand that. Strategy and planning. So yeah. But so, when did you take your first guy on? Was that in your previous year? or was that the when you came to here? When I bought the dino, because I was literally like, right, I'm going to run a dyno. I can't make that investment. So I'll be on it. My dyno was 1,650 quid a month finance payment. Wow. That's more than your average supercar. Yeah. So that was how much my dyno cost. So my rent and rates were. F- and you thought by five. Getting a dyno, it would unlock a whole new chain yeah. of customers to come yeah. in. Yeah. So did you do it more for having the extra equipment or for almost attracting more customers? 50 50. I was at that point where we were doing a lot of engines and. Uh, we were building a lot of high-powered cars and I was having to travel to other dinos or rely on people to... um... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sort of. Use their dinos, but yeah, for good yeah, reason. my work. And you quickly figure out that actually you'd not, well, yeah, I'll, I'll be arrogant. Not many people are as good as me. And that is going to sound terribly arrogant. And see, but I also know on. who's better than me. And I know what I need to do to work on. So there's only really two people in the country that do what I do, really, and I think do it in some ways better than me. I do some things better, they do better. But that's Ian Litchfield yeah. and that's Jürgen at JM, right? They've both got 20 years on me. But if my business can be as successful or can do and move yeah. in that circle as theirs, then I'm doing something and right. It, it's funny, what would you say? Because most people in some industries, um, I guess what might what we came out of the payment, it is pretty cutthroat in the sense yeah, yeah. of competitors. But in, yeah. in, in some things that you end up getting into, especially when people are just all busy, when everybody's winning yeah. together in a way. What would you say your relationship is like with some of those competitors? I mean, when I when I got here, uh, Dale from Autoworks, yeah, yeah. which is another yeah. tuning company, into, but he does a lot of BMW, do a lot of that. I, like, it seems like it's a pretty good community. If you've got to kick someone down to make yourself taller, I don't want to deal with you. So like, I get on really well, Jürgen. We know each other. Uh, I'll help him. He'll help me. Ian, I had I built a GTR engine and I had an old block line around. I'm like, mate, take it. It's fine. If they if people are kicking you, they're afraid of you. It just uh, just they're they're not even in my realm. I don't even think about them. I just cut winners focus on winning, mate. It's on the back of my shirts, and it's something I've believed since I've started racing. I because I when I started racing, I was fixated on the guy who was beating me. So he was winning the class I was in and I, I fixated. I did everything he did. If he went out, I went out. What he was doing to his bike, I'd try and copy. What are you going to do? You're only ever going to equal him. If I copy you, move for move, or all I can ever do is you. Does, does that make sense? So it was like, right, I just got to focus on, on what I need to do to win. And that was it. That's my, if you ask me what my motto for life is, that is it. Winners focus on winning. And that might mean, like I tell my kids all the time, exam results. Just focus on you getting the best results you can do. Don't sit there and go, oh, but, but, but just nail, nail it on with you. Get you, do you know what I mean? Get you sorted. So my eldest, Callum, he's 15 and a half. He's going through his GCSEs. I live in a real world. I'm not a messy parent. I'm not anything like this. Hand on my heart, one of the top three players in his team. Absolutely. As a baller, as a footballer, mate, he went um, He went to a training session the other week and there was a Swindon, uh, Swindon town scout and the guy taking the training session was uh, an ex-Nambia player, played against Messi in a World Cup. 
right? And at the end of it, they're raving about Callum. But Callum is five foot four, playing against six foot two players. And them six foot two players can't play. You know he's yours then, yeah. <laughs> but do, do you know what I mean? So it's like, it keeps into it. So he beats himself up, beats himself up. He hasn't found the monster yet, right? So everybody, you have to be a ruthless, you have to be a monster. You have to be a savage. You've got to learn to control it, but it's much better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Okay. Yeah. So you have to be a monster. You have to be ruthless. And then you just, and he's not there yet. And did you learn that? Do you think your racing then has helped you with your business? Yeah. Having a living daylights kicked out of me as a kid, not having anybody. I didn't really have a family. I didn't really have parents that sort of nothing like what I am with my, hopefully what I am with my kids. So all I had was what I saw in a mirror. That's all I had. So I had to back myself. And I learned that late. I learned and it. sat there with REV tuned on with that. It is so cool watching that. I love watching the journey, which is this, yeah, what yeah, this is yeah, all yeah, about. Yeah. People. And it's crazy because um, I may only be turning 24 next week, but when you've been hanging around some people from when you were 16, 17, like that, that you know, that's 10 years gone like but, that. Like, I, can be- I could not believe it when we said that was that amount of time mate, when we were honestly, in the office. Like I've, I've well, like I said, what is it? Seven years, known you. You know, we don't really float in the same circles, but we have a good relationship. We know each other. I would say, because I know how close you were, like what you've been through, the worst experience you can ever, ever go through, right? So then you sit there and you go, well, all this, if it fails, it's nothing. It's nothing to be afraid of because I've been through worse. Yeah. No, yeah, I would agree. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just... You just got to have a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like, uh, to, to be fair, it sounds... I've, I've I, you know, I interviewed... Um, Nigel and kind of the, the no, most, he's, he's, most of the things that he'd done had stuck and worked and but so, but there's there's going to be plenty of people that I interview and I'm one of the ones included where you, you throw a few things at the wall and they fall off luckily with my web company yeah. I've seemed to have found one that is like okay this sticks again same what Haven Direct was that was a good and my gaming company was like Ooh, right. like exploded but what did like, you learn? yeah I was, I was good at making the website let's just crack on and do that so you fail uh, forwards. You have to fail. People are terrified of failing. And what was the most scary moment then on that or a time that you thought, oh, uh, Jesus, with our uh, Well, I would say the scariest moment was probably what I described a minute ago when I was sat with George and we were in here and I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to pay the bills. So like, do you remember when you used to come down and it's full of cars in storage? Oh, so yeah, all down yeah, one yeah. side of the workshop, I was like, right, I just got to pay rent. Let's just let's just get rent paid. All right. Let's just not worry about doing anything big, flash or fancy. Literally put some paint on the walls, put some paint on the floor, put my two ramps in so I could get on with work. And I filled, I had 18, 18 cars in and I had everything. Do you remember DBS, Virage Volante? Cayman GT4. Everything, mate. Everything. Covers on. I had nice covers made. I was charging and I'm like, right, okay. So I pretty much got my rent back down to what it was before. But now I'm in 5,000 square feet. So now you can spread your skirt out and you can grow. So that was all right. And then we kind of get a big time. And then it gets to a point where I'm like, I'm kicking storage cars out as they're leaving. I'm not, I'm not refilling the gap. Yeah. I'm not refilling it because I need the space. And I, I just walked in a minute ago and thought this is full. Yeah. Yeah. We're rammed, mate. We're rammed. So we've got four ramps, engine building room, Jordan's cell, dyno. I've got a stripped down area. Jordan's got another little bay as well outside. Um, I've got three McLaren 
GT3 engines to build, race engines. I've got two Huracan GT3 And you've engines. just got back from Israel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what the heck were you doing in Israel? But, but this is the thing, right? Like, everyone's really surprised by that. But I've been flown all around the world for quite a while. So where have we been? Singapore, Australia. Uh, I've been Spain, France, Germany. And you wouldn't have got um, that working in Mercedes service uh, bay. No, exactly. You do, do you know so what it's I mean? It's a lesson for maybe thinking about changing yeah. and trying it themselves because you just wouldn't get that. And it's taking the risk. It's taking it being, being prepared. You have to be prepared to fail. Have to be prepared. So like bike racing, right? You welcome the crash. You welcome the crash because it tells you where the limit is. So when the crash comes, you might not like it. Do you know what I mean? All right, bad example, because that wasn't really my fault. I crashed. I know where my limit was. I was hunting for a top three, crashed, got up, walked off track, got hit by a back marker. And you were in work two days later with your arm? Uh, no, it was, uh, I was in hospital for a week and then I was back in on a Monday. That's it. Yeah. I remember, with a sling, yeah. doing an engine underneath. Uh, if, you, if anybody's seen the TV program with Guy Martin, I'm strapping down an electric beetle to a dyno with one arm in, in a cast. Which is mad, because when you... So did you follow Guy Martin before you started RE? So me and it? Guy raced each other 15 years ago. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realise that yeah, at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so like that goes back to British Because I've seen British one of days. your YouTube videos with Guy has got 1.5. Oh, mate, yeah, years, yeah it's crazy. Everyone loves him. He's mint. But again, someone else who, on the face of it, if you don't know him, you people make judgments on him. But actually, he hates attention. So he, he kind of shies away from it. So like, but if you talk to him about what he wants to talk to, oh mate, he, we got told off in the engine room. He come in the engine room, we were chatting for like two hours and the producer's like, we've got to crack on. And he's like that. What's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> because he's engine builder. So he grew up under like Chris Mayhew, who's a really, really famous Honda engine builder, like built engines for world superbikes, everything. So that's what, like me, I could run my business out of my garage. I could put my engine room in my garage and I'd be happy. Do you, do you know what I mean? So some of what I've got now is ego. Look oh, at, what the big space. At, yeah, then. look how big so I am. So then that, that, that then brings me on neatly to a, another question then, which is I saw you at the peak of that previous unit where you've actually, funny enough, said that was at the point where I kind of had more cash to myself, yep. more regularly, and now you're in here and everybody that walks in goes, wow, look at the signs, the diet looks freaking sick in here yep. and it's amazing. So knowing what you know now, would you take it yeah. somewhere else into the next level? Uh, so next now I want to buy a building. So but how, how it works at our place now is you come through the side gate and where you come through our workshop doors, that's the body shop's top bit. Yeah. So I don't it always that. has been. Yeah. And he doesn't want to give that up, which is fine. But you've kind of got to pass through that to get to my bit. So I want my own, bu I want my own building. That's what I want. And it's a but good it's, thing for the business, balance sheet, asset. Yeah, it's pen it'd be a pension. That's, that's it. But again... I had an R8 last year. I haven't got an R8 this year. Everything's gone. Everything's sold. Because you do that. You kind of accrue it is all, all about things. overhead. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not, yeah, yeah. But people may think when you spoke about, and sorry, but in everybody, so I know everybody hates when I do that. But um, when you spoke about Litchfield, because I've been to Litchfield, and the, everybody looks around. If, if, you, if you say not business orientated, you're just loving the cars being there, which most people will be. Everybody just sees the cars and thinks this place is awesome. When I went there and I, I looked at it, I thought, cool, his overheads must be low. Because he, he runs it's it, yeah, it yeah. it's his house in yeah. the same way that I'd build in a fishery in my back field yeah, rather yeah, than yeah, buying another yeah, lake to yeah, do yeah, it because yeah, yeah, yeah. the land cost is absolutely nil. Yeah. So uh, is that the kind of thing you're looking the, to? The, diff the difficulty is then is so you go, right, okay, so let's, let's take Ian's example is perfect. So I would love to buy a farm with barns on that I could move RE performance into barns, right? 
The problem I've got there is my business bank, because of the books, so again, not looking at my bank account, looking at my books, my business bank will go, we will support you getting into a building of this value. I need 25% deposit cash. So if I'm looking at 600 grand, a 600 plus VAT, I've got to bridge the VAT, which you, all right, you can get a loan for, but that's easily over, a, what's that, 100 grand. And I need 25% deposit. So now we're talking core of a mill in cash to go and buy a building. So you go, right, okay. What about if I buy a property that I can live in and work in? Right, business bank, not interested. Don't care. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Anything resi, residential, not interested. The business bank will just go, if you're going to live on it, we don't we want anything to do with it. Which is mad because yeah, yeah. for the business, it's yeah. the better decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is absolutely crazy. Completely agree. So then you go to your mortgage company and you go, can I borrow 1.2 million? And I'm a director. Which is a 100%. That's what I thought it would be. A it's going to be, it's gonna be about that because we're bloody stuck in the Cotswolds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be about that. And then you're like, you're laughing, mate. You can have a mortgage for 240 grand or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's the problem. So I would have said, go back a couple of years, it was probably easier to finance that kind of borrowing. Whereas now it's a lot harder. So that will help me make a decision on what the next move is. But at the minute, I just need to concentrate, forget what I might be able to do. Whatever happens, I need a big pot of gold. <laughs> <laughs> so how do I get the big pot of gold? Work. Right. Doors shut, lights on, and let's go. Let's just work. And amongst all that and getting your head down, just to keep the business, because the one thing I've always noticed with, with you is you just... And I think everybody will get it by now this far into the conversation is you just keep pushing on and pushing on and pushing on. And you started YouTube. Yeah, I, we didn't kind of really start YouTube. It didn't happen like that. It was, um, so I pay, I pay, I'm good friends with a guy called Davy Lewis, who was, uh, who run Performance Audi Magazine. He was the editor. And we'd done a couple of cars that got in there. So that's what I kind of got to know him. Uh, so he's the guy who runs Performance German Day at Coombe. Oh, okay. So he's that guy. He runs that. The day I took a Lamborghini too. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was doing my social media, so my Facebook, my Instagram, stuff like that, because again, it was something that was taking time that wasn't making me money. Yeah. So like, it's just, just focus on the work. How can we just focus on the work? David, do that. So that's, that was his job to take yep. it away. And he put some bits and pieces together on his, on and he just chucked it on YouTube. And he's like, mate, this is all right, this. So we started to do videos to show off, or to show, not show off, show off what we could do. So uh, we can do engine builds. We could do this. We can do that. Technical stuff. Not quite how-tos, but kind of in that, in that okay, realm, yeah. yeah? So mm-hmm. here's a gearbox. We're going to take it apart, blah, 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 blah. And they've done all right. Um, Maybe... It's weird because you start looking at what videos do well and what videos don't do well, and it doesn't make any sense in my head. The video I think is going to smash it is the one that absolutely tanks. And then like last week, we had nothing. We had no video. And Davey's like, oh, you've just bought that RS6, haven't you? I'm like, yeah, because let's just bang it on a dyno. Mate, video's gone mental. So there's no rhyme or reason yet that I've figured out. It takes a lot smarter people to figure it out than me onto what actually smokes it on YouTube. So anyway... It's, it's kind of got to that point now where I've always used it as an advert. I didn't want to pay 
a magazine to put a picture in of my business and you look at it and go, what did I do? So it was always to give context to what we did. So we could use a social and go, oh, we do V10 engine builds. Here's what's involved. And by educating people sort of, educating maybe a bit of a strong word, by showing people what you do, you actually show how good you are. Do you know what I mean? I think it's that. And people um, have trust in the person, not the business. They have more trust in a person than a business. Which, to be fair, you've perfectly described one of the more business motivated reasons for me doing a podcast. Yeah. You know, I'm sat here with my website company on my my top, not shoving it down people's throats, but I hope that people end up going... But if one person looks... So I'll use Ben for my website. Yeah. Because I know he can do them. It's not, I'll... Fowler Digital's in a magazine yeah, and that's yeah. just another web company. Yeah. It's the same thing when you yeah. actually put it out there and people can see you talking about something yeah. and you understand something. They have they have so much more confidence in what you do. The, the business, the guy, Simon, his name is, he's got a black twin turbo. He's let me do what I've wanted with that car. It's been officially gassed, everything. That car, a section of that car is my biggest ever failure in business. I blew that car up. I blew that engine up. Blew up on a dyno. So I was tuning oh, it. No. On it. Yeah, yeah, I was tuning it, mate. Yeah, we built it, twin turbo, 1,000 horsepower, and it dropped a spark plug. And it wasn't anything I did. It wasn't anything he did. It just happened. It was just one of them things. Yeah, yeah, That is my biggest... Oh, is yeah. when I was stood, sat down in the bottom of the workshop, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what's... My biggest failure is that engine. Yeah. And I sat... I drove home that night. It was like 2 in the morning. It was on the dyno. I did a pull. It was mint. We were watching it because it was on Motec. Got deck cans on, everything. Did a pull, mint. And it was like, right, that's cool. Let's just do another one. And then we'll button it up for the night and we'll give it back to him in the morning. Did another pull, 5,500 RPM. Runs, goes, spikes lean because it's got misfire. All right, backed out of it. And it's come back down to idle and it's sat there going, and I'm like, I know. It's like proper, like someone stepped on my grave. I've turned it off and I've, I'm like, oh, yeah. turn it back on. Even with everything you know about engines, yep. you're like, turn it off. <laughs> and I'm like, right, okay. And it's, I can see it's misfiring on the data. I can see it's misfiring on live data when you're watching ECU. I pulled the plug, it's dropped the plug tip. Fueling's min, lambda's min, no knock, no nothing, drop plug tip. 45 grand engine I've just oh. put on the train. <laughs> right. I drove home that night. I sat in my driveway and I bawled my eyes out. This is five, well, dino, so 20, maybe end of 2019. Literally made it sound a driver ball my eyes up. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, it wasn't that. It's, I don't know how I'm going to tell a client. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So the next morning I came in, I rung Simon um, and I explained everything. And by then we built up a good relationship. He knew me. He knew what we did. He knew how we did it. Everything He's and that, I think, that credibility at that moment is why he went, don't worry about it. We saw it. Go away. Calm down, because I got upset on the phone to him. He's like, we'll get through it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And at that point, if it had gone the other way, like if he'd gone, yeah, 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 I'm like that. Right. I'm going to fix his car and I'm out. I could, I, I genuinely sit back now and it's like, if that had been a bad experience, so you can see why some businesses fail or why some people fail in business. If that had been a bad experience, 
I can see why I would have gone, I'm shutting down my, key, my suitcase. Aren't I'm I'm not, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you and can't I, do that when you've got people as well, though. No. So I would never have, I would never have stitched them up. I would, and we did look after him. I mean, like, that hurt a lot. A lot. The car sat in there. He's come back for more. And along mean? with a lot of other R8s, yeah. which seem to be the, the staple thing. Litchfield's known for his GTRs. Yeah, you're yeah. known for your R8s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've done all sorts of stuff from I w- McLaren 6 I, I would say, yeah. I would, so I would say V10s is what we specialise in. Yeah, best so engines. yeah, more, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't beat Sam with V10s. So I would say V10s is what we specialise in. So we see a lot of Lambos. So was there three Lambos out there? There's always more R8s. Three Lambos out there. See, that baffles me because... There's some businesses I look at, and I think it's just because I don't understand them. You know, you know me, I don't, I don't understand them. An engine where I'm absolutely, I can't take a wheel off yeah. a car, which will make you laugh. Yeah. However, I, I, I'm amazed by your client base because as someone that has owned supercars and, you know, my dad had some cars and I was in um, a business where a lot of the people that bought things from us when I was growing up before I had a license, an F12 or an Aventador or and none of them I ever saw get the modifier. So to me, this world that I come here and see, yeah, yeah. and it's like a thousand yeah. horsepower R8. And so I'm like, who are these yeah, people? Yeah. <laughs> also, like, also, someone also. spent 60 grand in yeah. a lifetime on a 60 grand car. I'm yeah, like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. We had two boxes turn up between the inlet manifold, the fuel system. Uh, well, between that, that was 20 grand. So th- are these different types of people? Because to me... Yeah. And, to, and then take that car pretty much uninsured on track and just go oh, we're not even on track on road oh, so like we've got everything from <sighs> I've got guys in 1200 horsepower R8s that are in their 50s I've got guys who are builders I've got one guy he runs a fleet of 30 road sweepers on building sites and he's got an 800 horsepower supercharger um, would you say most of those guys have an interest in engineering no really no maybe that one or two majority me. of people are just like I want something fast and stupid so that's what we do unique cars yeah what is it we're, we build insanely powerful and unique cars and would you say that also servicing and all that kind of yeah, thing so we is do, bread and butter, a yeah, little bit like those uh, cars on the ramp? Yeah, yeah. Although yeah. you've got so specialists at the big builds now, there's enough of them coming in. Yeah, so it's 50, it's 50-50, I would say. So the boys are busy with run-of-the-mill stuff. Everything, so we'll do everything from changing a bulb to, like, look at your girl's car in Israel. That's probably £150,000 build between it was between us and another shop in America, Doug Hub. So Sean, no, no quite well. How was that? That's dropping hundreds to two hundred K in two point six seconds. So it wasn't dynoed out there. We it was tuned on the logs, but in America, seventeen hundred. So my perf would look like a canal boat. Your perf wouldn't even see which way it went. Hey. You think another thousand horsepower on top of your perf. So the gearbox we put in the back of that car, the gearbox. So I went over to do the gearbox. So that came out of nothing. He messaged me on Instagram going, have you got a Motec plug and play kit for an R8? Because he saw what we did. And I'm like, oh, mate, I've, I've, got, I've got mine here, but it's kind of for my car. And he's like, I'll buy it. And I'm like, oh, because at that point, I was thinking about selling my car. I'm like, do you know what? All right, let's sell it. He got on a plane the next day and flew here from Israel with his mate, got in a taxi. And drove do you from pinch Heathrow. yourself and think where, from where you were no, working in the People are show. mental. Yeah. <laughs> Mad. For a car. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. while we were out there, um, someone dropped, the, it wasn't my department, I didn't drop the balls, someone forgot spark plugs. you got to run trick spark plugs in a car because stuff happens, right? So you always try, they call surface discharge plugs so they don't have a tip. 
Um, but they're like 200 quid a plug, right? So when you're running like 1,000 horsepower, you don't need that level. But when you're that, when you're sort of where he wanted to go, and also as well in Israel, there's no specialist shops. So you, you're trying to make the car bulletproof to stop him having problems. Mate, they flew to Dubai to get spark plugs. It's incredible what people do for... It's, it's incredible, like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But would you would you also say, so on your kind of marketing journey with the business, I think it's fair to say that it's like, it's like you come on the podcast isn't huge, but you come on it because you've got faith in yeah. the winners that focus on winning and you pick people. And I'd say one of them people that you picked from an outside to start working with before he had any sort of following was Mr. Armstrong. Was- yeah, so that was, and again, it's like, it, it just rolls it's it's not, I don't sit there and go, oh, this, like, I want to come on here and chat crap with you. And whether we talk about me or whether we talk about someone else, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I just want to chat crap. And if it tanks, it tanks. We know. You know what I mean? Anything but, can. Yeah. Because um, it's like, it's like for me. It's, it's insane like, to see where it can go. That whole marketing. When, it was such crazy growth. When Matt Armstrong came with his R8, that came out of the blue because he had his R8 and it wasn't running right. So we came down here, we did an inspection on it, we checked the engine. Um, and I said to him, look, mate, I won't, you know, I'll look after you. I won't, I don't even think we charged him. I said, we'll check it over. We'll go over it top to bottom. We'll give you a report and you can do the video. And we found out why he'd lost a load of power because he had a vacuum hose off. Um, but I think at the time he had like maybe 35,000 subs, 35,000 subs. Um, and he dropped his part five video for GT3 RS in America. And that done 1.3 million views in 11 hours. It's mad, isn't it? Mate, that's crazy. And that's honest. It's not the same subject matter, but it is the rebuild. No, I, I don't think, I, I, for me, YouTube making money doesn't matter. For me, it's, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy showing what we can do. I enjoy showing, showing thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Showing a story. Like, there's only one person I like showing off to, and that's my wife. Do you know what I mean? The racing, all that. There's only four people I care what they think, and they all live at home. Everyone else is... You know what I mean? They'll come and go. I protect my brand. I protect my that what people think of my brand. May I rule that like Stalin? So if anybody, if anybody's upset, because at the end of the day, this is a people's game. This isn't about cars. This is about people. Whether they've been left inheritance and they want to buy a car and they've put all their money into it, they know their car upside down, inside out. So my job is a, is about people. It's about looking after people, whatever they want, whether they want to put a set of brake pads in it or whether they want to drop, you know, 100 to 200 to two and a half seconds, right? It's looking after the person. So I protect what people think about RE performance probably more than I should. I probably think it's more fragile than it is because I think back to when I started. I'm like, oh, one bad review and I'm, my business is over. And I still think like that now. And I don't think I'll ever change it because... This business is built on my blood, sweat, and tears. Do you know what I mean? I've cried over this. I've bled over this. Me and Kate have, we, one year, we bought kids Christmas presents from a charity shop, mate. We were like down the back of the sofa looking for money to buy milk. Like when it's hard, it's been hard. So when it's good, we're, do you know what I mean? I never get enjoy, too enjoy. Ca- yeah. I never get too carried away when it's bad, and I never get too it's carried like away. It's like you've got rid of your R eight for the time being, knowing what's on the horizon with things you want yeah. to do. But when you add that car, it's like shit. I just it got was, fucking it, my yeah, own R eight. And do you know what? I didn't even get that buzzy about it. No, I didn't even get that buzzy because. And the bad side because is the because I'm is surrounded taller. by it. I get more, mate. I love my van. Like my van gives me more joy 
than cars do. Why is it with vans, though? Oh, I know. But it's like, it's not, I think we said success. What do you, what is success? In your value system, what is success? What do you want? Do you want to make, do you want to make money? Do you want time with your family? Do you want to travel to work? What, what does success mean? And I don't even know. I don't even know. If you said to me right now, pack it all up. That's it. Shut the doors. You've got to go and work in Tesco's for the rest of your life. But your boys sign pro contracts as footballers. Latest, mate. I'm out of here. Really? Yep. Yeah. If like I've seen Cal, we, we've weirdly working this out. I reckon me and Cal working out because the training he does, that boy does. We reckon he's 15,000 hours into football. Right. He's trained since he's a pup, since he's a baba. I wanted him on bikes, mate. I would have, if he'd come on bikes, oh, whoosh, Ben. Not going. interested? No. Yeah, I a hear a lot of that. A, a little, a like a little that. bit. Like we've, he's saved up a load of money because he does referee and he saved up a load of money and we bought his first bike. So oh, that's got, He's got a little 50 down there. But mate, jack it all in right now. If they get what, if they got. So for me, that's success, right? Their success as a parent is, is different. I won a race. I won a race. I won a race at a weekend on the bikes. I won by like 16 seconds. Didn't even bat an eyelid. I come second in the last race. Mate, I was buzzing. I was peaking. Because the boys I raced in the last race were far superior than the boys in the race I won. Does that make sense? Like the lad I won, Bob, mate, he's amazing. His bike controls are out of this world. And I chased him for eight laps. Like on a little 600. Yeah, yeah. He's on Superbike and I'm on a little 600. And we had, but three of us had a massive battle. And that, for me, that was way more success, that second place trophy, than the winning trophy at the 600 race. Because I had to work to get it. I had to work to get it, and it meant more. So what is success? Do you know, like, in your value system, what is it? Because if it's money, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't care. think, I, I don't I don't think it is, because I, I just, today, if... I just appreciate the fact that I started the morning with a podcast, then had to work on a client's job, then was in me field in welly boots, yeah. in, in mud, yeah, yeah, looking yeah. for a lake. Now I'm you, back to the you, But I'm enjoying that. Like I love it. Then that's it. Then that's it. I'm in a position, like, don't get me wrong, at the minute it's hard. Carl's ill, so Carl's had a heart operation, so he's off ill. It's me and Mitch, we can't get parts, so at the minute it is hard. It's bleak. Yeah, it's hard. But... I wouldn't say I hate it. There's days when I'm like, oh, I want to put my head through the wall. But there's other days where I'm like, all right, it's up. I, like I went, I left yesterday at up past three. I watched my, watched my Jack, my middle lad. He plays for school. One day I won't be here and he'll sit and think, oh, dad, just come watch me play football at school. Mm. So that's more success, right? Like I said to you earlier, if it's the bullshit on Instagram, ah, mate, because it's all fucking leveraged. It's all finance. My car was finance. It doesn't mean success. Yeah. Like it used to, it does my nut in when people post a photo of their new car and they're like, congratulations. It's like, why? I signed some paperwork for mine. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Where it's like, right, mate, go and get 10,000 or f- what What do you do? 8,000 subscribers for this. Yeah. That's way of a bigger deal. That's yeah, way, when I was told it, that I'd have 200 in the first month. Because that says to me that actually... People want to listen to what you want to say. Do you know what I mean? I'm way more flattered that by 20,000 subs we did last week. Mate, honestly, I think we've done nearly 21 and done like another 800 this week. So we're nearly at 21,000 subs. I'm way more flattered by that 
than by people telling me well done because I've signed some finance docs on a car. I don't care. Yeah, no, agreed. Because you know I mean? not everybody can do that. Because everybody, if they've got the ability to have the money in their account yeah. to be able to sign a finance yeah, yeah, yeah. agreement, can buy a supercar. Yep. But not everybody can put in the effort to do something that they go, I did that. Yep. It can't be replicated. Yeah, build it from build it from nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's like the and I get I get some people like that stuff, and I'm not I've got friends who collect watches and stuff like that, but it doesn't, it's not a measure of success. Yeah. It's, it's, that's it's why just, you care about your brand so much. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I am really protective over it. Well, um, I hope more. Well, I don't need to hope because I know you're going to. We'll be all right. Well, we're going to come on in. The next let's, let's do this Perth. When the podcast kicks off, mate, and you're doing 100 grand a month oh, in ad we revenue, go. we drop turbos on the back of that Perth. Do you know what's mad? It doesn't interest me in the slightest. But that's how weird is that? Though, and that's right? why I, I struggle. And that's why I find it so interesting hearing about your customer base. Because I'm like, OEM, OEM, OEM. Yeah, yeah. I do go to these slam car meets and I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I think you've butchered yeah. that. My mates are going, That looks sick. And I'm like, Does it? <laughs> but if I it's could, like, personal. Go, go on, Ed. First thing back at you. So if you could have any, like, forget the hyper, hyper exotica stuff. Oh. Like, what would you have right now? Well, uh, a laugh, which is the hyper, yeah, hyper, yeah, exotic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Over a F- F40? Yeah. You're such a newborn. You millennials. If, if I'm honest, my Perth, yeah. I, there's nowhere I want to go from that. I thought about yeah. an STO. I don't think it's worth the extra on top of no, my Perth. No, no. Yeah. I like having the roof off. People say it looks ridiculous. I like it. I enjoy it. That's why I get enjoyment out of I like the V10. I like the new event at all that's just yeah, come out. Yeah. That's impressed me more than I thought. But if I'm honest, I actually genuinely think I'm getting to my end bit of caring about them as much. Yeah. My lake build is more oh, yeah, yeah, is giving yeah. me more excitement yeah, yeah. than any car has in the last since my little original Cayman GTS. Yeah. I was I remember driving up the hill in my Man, Cayman that GTS. That, thing. that is on par with my lake build. Yeah. The, the supercars in but honestly aren't. I'm, I'm not. If if like if you said to me now, what could I have? I've got one in Australia that's coming back. 1972 TA22 Celica GT. I don't know what that means. No. <laughs> go and, go and it. It's basically a 70 Celica. It's one of the first Celicas. So you know, like you see the old sky, uh, what they uh, Hakadushu or whatever they are, bloody GTRs, the original original Skyline. It's it's basically mate, it's a it's a 70 Celica. I take that over everything because I'm never getting an F40. Hey, uh, knock at the got? door. Well, we got a knock at the yeah. door, so we'll leave it we'll there. That. Thank Cheers, you, mate. Ricky. Right. Cheers, man. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 